0: it is friday september 18th here at draft shark studios in rochester new york welcome to our week two fan duel podcast i'm your host matt shop with me again are tyler syracuse and jared smola and we mentioned it on the DraftKings podcast but if you see spit up on jared this week or any week going forward, it's because he and his wife just welcomed their first child into the world. Congrats, buddy, and welcome back.
1: Appreciate that. I feel like my, my camera's like darker today. I think like my, my whole house is just like darker because there's a baby in it now.
0: <laughs> it's a cloud <laughs> looming over you. Nothing will ever be the same. Please know though that any future children of yours will need to be born outside of football season. I,
1: I kind of thought that you could time that thing better. We quickly learned that you know it doesn't happen instantaneously, so <laughs> yeah.
0: we're gonna have to separate you guys in December and January. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on draftsharks.com. And you can find up to date ownership info anytime at fanshare sports.com. Round one of the shark duel went to the new guy over here who was so intimidated by my lineup on Saturday morning that he decided to flout the rules of this competition and alter his own lineup. Tyler. We're going to let it slide this time because you're new next time though, you're going to have to start Will Greer at quarterback the following week.
2: (laughs) All right. Yeah. I pulled a little Belichick there, but I've been known to, to tinker before kickoff and with the Miles Sanders news, I changed my entire lineup and it actually came back to bite me because I originally had Calvin Ridley in cash and then I ended up using Marvin Jones who, you know, Ridley outscored him by almost 30 points. So it was a disaster, but Somehow, I still outscored you guys. So, <laughs> you are welcome. How, so, how did that lineup fare outside of the shark duel? It didn't cash. I mean, it was it was maybe like a thirtieth, thirty-fifth percentile lineup. So, I got back some of my money, and I had a couple decent GPP lineups. So, I, you know, the week was good overall, but strictly my cash lineup wasn't good enough to cash in most
0: 50-50s and head-to-heads. Mm. Jared, what did you like or dislike about your lineup?
1: Uh, Drew Brees was the big letdown. You know, sort of paid up for him, and he he you know had one of his worst games at home in in recent memories. So he's someone I'm going to be watching now the next few weeks because you know maybe maybe it's you know timely finally time for you know Drew Brees to hang him up. Did well at running back. You know, had Christian McCaffrey, had Dalvin Cook, Kenny and Drake was fine. Wide receiver sort of disappointing, but you know Terry McLaurin, Deshaun Jackson at those prices, I don't I don't think they were bad plays. They just didn't come through. We know wide receiver scoring is, is so volatile from week to week. Yeah, I think in hindsight, my own picks were okay.
0: They just didn't work out. And I managed to um, do do something that's really easy for me. It might be harder for other people, but stringing together a whole bunch of guys that were okay, but didn't work out in a week together. I think they meet up after they find out that they're in my lineup. I probably should have been more willing to fade Deshaun Jackson overall at his high owned rate. He was one of those that I was uncomfortable with heading in, how comfy it seemed to play Deshaun Jackson. We know how volatile a player he is. Um, you know just the possibility of getting hurt and the offensive line that was a bigger issue than I think Philadelphia probably even projected heading into that game I wonder too if Terry McLaurin might just prove to be a risky cash player that I should not consider as much in that format
1: yep definitely could be I still expected his price to be higher so again at the price I think he was fine and Deshaun Jackson I mean we all knew that Washington's D-line was going to be a problem in the game I, I sort of trusted the Eagles to do a better job of getting Jackson the ball and any you know shorter stuff, which they wish they just didn't do in that game.
2: My biggest week one regret as well because yeah we knew the Washington D line was going to dominate the Eagles all line. I think they had eight sacks, and I used the Washington football team in Cash, FanDuel, and DraftKings. So it's like if we know that's going to be the case and we know Djax runs these long routes, why are we using him in cash when he's you know forty to fifty percent owned? Because yeah. that would have been a good spot to get off of him. We pretty much probably would have
0: locked in a win if we faded him in cash and JPPs. It's good though, to be able to get a lesson like that to take forward, maybe avoid that the next time. And in my case, probably just find a different mistake to make. (laughs) We will all be back at it for week two. We will post our lineups on DraftSharks.com Saturday to show you who we're playing against each other in the shark duel. For now, though, Papa Smolo, why don't you start us off with a cash QB? Yeah,
1: and I talked about it on the DraftKings show. I'm just going to be all in on the Cowboys' offense this week. I think it's a good bounce back spot at home for Atlanta. So that starts with Dak Prescott at 8,300 bucks. Again, I think the Cowboys' offense scores, you know, four or five touchdowns in this game. They have a 29.25 point implied total. That's the highest of the entire week. So you know, Vegas agrees that this offense should bounce back, back big in um, Atlanta just allowed Russell Wilson to throw for 322 yards and four touchdowns in week one. Tyler, who you got for a cash QB? I'm on Prescott as well. It's funny because
2: these weeks in general, I feel like I usually do pretty well where, where I feel like there's a lot of chalk that I like. And historically speaking, these are usually good weeks for me in cash and GPPs. So I'm not going to overthink it this week. I'm just going to take the values. And I think Dak Prescott is just overwhelmingly the best play at quarterback this week on FanDuel. DraftKings for cash. He offers uh, a great floor ceiling combo and a great matchup and he has a really good price. So I'm not going to overthink it and I'm going to use Prescott and cash.
0: And of course, just in case anybody's new, Chalk is the popular guys, the ones that, that most people are going to be playing. GPP is the tournaments that pay out a few top spots as opposed to cash games, which are paying out like half of the field or head to head competition. I certainly agree with Dak Prescott, whatever format on here, you know, maybe look in in another direction for a GPP lineup to avoid the high ownership. But even there, I think it might be, overthinking it to get away from him too much. Two other quarterbacks I like at cheaper prices, though, are Phillip Rivers at 7,100, Ben Roethlisberger at 7,500. Rivers threw for 363 against Jacksonville last week, even in a rough outing for him. Now he gets a Vikings defense that just let Aaron Rodgers explode, put up the number two scoring line for a quarterback uh, in week one. So obviously there's upside to Rivers and his crew. Plus he's got T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell as stacking options. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger gets a Broncos defense that allowed 249 and two touchdowns to Ryan Tannehill um, at their place last week. So he's back home, gets a good matchup. He's got Juju Smith-Schuster at 7,100, which is not too expensive. Deontay Johnson, at 5,800, which is a very nice amount to to fit in there. So I like that as a triple stack. And there's even a sneaky one with Eric Ebron as a $4,900 tight end on FanDuel.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with those guys. Um, yeah, my, my only concern with Big Ben is and the Steelers are the offensive line injuries. Um, uh, you know, maybe that's not gonna, you know, it, it's not gonna show itself against this Broncos team that's you know missing Von Miller, obviously. Um I like Kyler Murray for tournaments, eight thousand bucks. Um yeah, so it you know, it's it's tough to play him straight up over Dak when it's only three hundred dollar savings, but I think you're gonna get lower ownership on Kyler Murray. Uh Fanshare hasn't projected for just six percent ownership. He was great in week one against that tough 49ers defense. Murray had 230 yards passing and a touchdown, 91 yards rushing and another score. He actually had a hundred yards rushing and he took mm-hmm. a couple of kneel downs on the last two plays of the game and lost nine rushing yards there. Uh, but it, was a, it was a good start to the season for him. I think, you know, Murray might be in for that, you know, breakout year. A lot of people were predicting for him and he gets this Washington defense. Yeah. The, the D line is scary. That might just mean more, you know, rushing for Kyler Murray if he's, you know, forced out of the pocket. Arizona has a 27-point implied total. That's the sixth highest on the main slate, so Vegas is is expecting a lot of points from them. Yeah,
0: Arizona went shotgun for its kneel downs, which is going to take another three or four yards off of the QB's rushing total each time that they do it. It also seems like, obviously, it's annoying for fantasy. It also seems unnecessarily risky. For Arizona, to not have the center just, you know, hand the ball to the quarterback instead, ask him to throw it back to him. I That, that seems like Cliff Kingsbury kind of, I don't know, struck him a little bit instead of going the easy route.
1: Yeah, I agree, especially on uh, DraftKings. You know, Murray had the 100-yard bonus, so he, he ended up losing four points on those last two plays of the game.
0: <laughs> Tyler, who do you like at cash QV? Oh, I mean at tournament quarterback. So quarterback,
2: I think I'm only going to use three quarterbacks this week, maybe four. And it's going to be Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, and Aaron Rodgers. So Lamar Jackson obviously has the highest ceiling. I think he's very capable of having a five or six touchdown game against that Texas defense. I think they're going to be able to do whatever they want against them. If I can get up to him, I'm going to stack him with either Mark Andrews or uh, Marquise Brown. Pretty easy stack options. Uh, We've already talked a lot about Prescott. Um, He's got great weapons. Uh, Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and then Zeke. You could stack him with any of those options. Same game, Matt Ryan. If it's a back-and-forth affair, I think we want to have some Matt Ryan exposure this week. Great shot at 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. And then he's got easy stack options with Julio and Ridley. And then Aaron Rodgers is a little bit cheaper than Josh Allen and Prescott. Angry Aaron Rodgers went absolutely bonkers last week. And he's going up against a Lions secondary that is dealing with a lot of injuries and that just let Mitch Trubisky absolutely torch them in the fourth quarter. So I'd like to sprinkle in some A
0: rod with uh you know again easy stack Devontae Adams this week. And we know the Dallas Atlanta matchup's popular, but there are so many options this week. It's tough to imagine any of those individual guys getting so popular that you need to actually pay attention to the ownership, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I agree. And and I don't think Rodgers is going to be popular at all because I, I do think a lot of people are going to be on that game. And, and I can definitely see Josh Allen breaking the slate. Um, he had a five-touchdown game against that same Dolphins defense. I think it was week 17, either last year or the year before. And I had like a five-figure weekend because he's always 2% owned and he's a great fantasy quarterback.
0: Running back for cash, uh, Zeke Elliott is going to be an easy name to bring up. 8600 if we can afford it. Uh, you don't need to make a case for him. He did it last week. He's got Atlanta this week. It's it might be the best offense in the league by the end of the season. We'll be competing with the Chiefs, I think, possibly for that spot. I also think that Aaron Jones is fine to consider on the cash side. Certainly not as as clear a bet for touches of production. But at 7700 he's also nearly $1,000 cheaper um, if you need – that extra salary anywhere. I don't know if we'll need it this week, but Aaron Jones got the work last week. His offense impressed. The matchup is good all around versus Detroit this week. Jared, what do you have?
1: Yeah, Zeke's my favorite play in cash. Um, again, you know, you play Dak Prescott, you play Zeke Elliott, you're going to get you know probably all those Cowboys touchdowns. So I think you're going to get four or five touchdowns there. Um, I also think Jonathan Taylor is really tough to get away from on Fanduel 5,800 bucks. Um, yeah, I know. Naheem Hines was more involved on the ground than we all expected in week one. I'm not sure that's going to be a trend. Like I think Jonathan Taylor, now that Marlon Mack is out, is going to be the clear lead ball carrier. Hines will probably still do the majority of the pass catching stuff, but we also saw Jonathan Taylor get six targets in week one. So I think he's going to do enough in the passing game where, you know, he's not going to be that, you know, two down grinder. Um, I think 1500 bucks is, you know, he, it's, it's the cheapest he's going to be all year. He's going to, you know, quickly work his way into the you know high sixes, maybe in the even $7,000 territory. Yeah, for me, it's going to be Zeke, of
2: course. And then besides Zeke, uh, give me Derrick Henry this week. Zeke and Derrick Henry together, play them together, six touchdowns, and and we're going to count our money. Uh, I think Derrick Henry has just, I mean, he saw 34 touches against the Broncos. He had 31 carries, and then he had three receptions. If he's going to see that kind of usage in a game, which he's, uh, or a team he's historically dominated, he had uh, the four touchdown, 200-plus yard game against the same defense we know tennessee is probably going to dominate in time of possession and with aj brown out i mean derrick Henry's just going to get all the work he can handle and i can see him breaking off one of those screen passes for a long touchdown too just because this this jaguars defense is very bad i know they came to play in week one against the colts but i think it's going to be a defense that we're going to look to target throughout the
1: season Darrington evans out again for tennessee so you know we don't have to worry about the rookie stealing any pass from under
0: and with Jonathan Taylor and Ronald Jones both checking in at sub six K, you don't have to sacrifice a lead running back in that flex spot to be able to put two expensive running backs together in your cash lineup either, which helps. Yep. On the GPP side, I like Miles Sanders at six thousand eight hundred bucks. He says he's one hundred percent team says he's 100%. The Eagles have been saying all along that it's his gig. Boston Scott and Corey Clement did nothing last week to show that we have to worry about touches going anywhere else. Right tackle Lane Johnson returns from injury, so he should help the offensive line, which was a big issue last week. I mean, Miles Sanders is a great bet for touches, and the Eagles should wind up being at least a pretty good offense.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, GPP is the place to play. Miles Sanders, you know, some elevated risk coming off the hamstring, but you know, if, he, if he's healthy, it's a great price on him. Um, I like David Montgomery for tournaments, uh, just 5,600 bucks. I think he's underpriced. He's going to be alone. No one likes p- playing David Montgomery. He's never exciting. Um, but, you know, got 13 carries, three targets last week. You know, c- coming off that August groin injury, should be healthier now. Bears, five-and-a-half point home favorites this week against the Giants. I think, you know, that's the type of game you want to play Montgomery in. You hope the Bears are playing with a lead. I think he has the upside for, you know, 20-plus carries in this game. And it's a good matchup. The Giants, uh, Giants gave up 124 yards. On uh, 26 carries to Steelers running backs last week. That was 4.8 yards per carry for Pittsburgh backs. I think that it's possible the Giants still wind up being a negative
0: uh, rushing matchup, or at least a, a solid rushing matchup. I know that they let Benny Snell do his thing last week. I think that's going to be more of a Pittsburgh thing. The, the Giants are just, they're built wrong on defense. They have big defensive linemen who can play the run, and they are not good at rushing the passer. And I mean, they're just, they're built for winning in like 1988 on defense. So I'm not sure, okay. especially David Montgomery. Every time that I've ever picked David Montgomery on one of our DFS shows, he sucks that week. So I'm just going to stick with that. And I'm definitely not betting on him for
1: upside this week. That's why it's a good tournament play because no one wants to play him. And, you know, if he gets 20 carries, he falls into the end zone twice. Good to go. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you have to fall forward to fall into
2: the end zone. Tyler, what you got? So FanDuel is all about touchdowns and to me, that uh, Aaron Jones has just as high of a touchdown upside as anyone. We talked about him on the DraftKings podcast. He scored 20 touchdowns last year, had 22 opportunities last week, and I think he's got a great chance to score. So I'm just thinking of playing a Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott lineup and just cashing in on you know six or seven touchdowns in best case scenario,
0: and and that's very attractive to me this week in GPPs. I like it. That sounds like a fun one to play with as we're building lineups over the next couple of days. Over at wide receiver, there's a really nice patch of wideouts in the salary range from 6,700 to 7,400. And then some other guys at other levels that I think we'll get to. Jared, who's your favorite for cash lineups this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to go with those three expensive running backs Tyler talked about, Corey Davis on Monday night, 101 yards on seven catches, um, had eight targets in that game. That was tied with A.J. Brown. For the team lead. We know AJ Brown is now out for week two with his knee injury. So you know, that only boosts Davis's target projection. And you know, it, it's a good a good spot for Davis. Um, you know, Jacksonville cornerback CJ Henderson, their their first round rookie, played well in the opener. You know, we'll see if that continues. But the Titans do have a twenty six point implied total, seventh highest on the main slate. So, you know, we're expecting him to score some points, and Davis is the clear number one wide receiver there with Brown up. Tyler, what you Yeah, Corey? Yeah, Corey
2: definitely in play this week um i can't decide whether or not i like cd lamb better at just five um i'm probably gonna have exposure to both of them and i'll even experiment using both of them in cash if i could pay up at running back and maybe get up to uh, you know mark andrews or lamar jackson in cash as well
0: w- what do you guys think cd lamb or uh Corey davis i'm i would not go like definitely one way or the other i would take some of, each of those guys
1: I mean, I, I do think Davis is the better target, but you know, C.D. Lamb, maybe probably a better player and, and also in the much better passing game. So I think he definitely has the higher ceiling among the two.
0: Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I think also down there, not quite as cheap, but similar Deontay Johnson, Anthony Miller, both under $6,000. Paris Campbell, Scotty Miller, Jalen Rager down at the bottom of 5K range. I don't want to forget about Jalen Rager. Uh, A quiet week one, but better than we expected because it looked like he wasn't going to play. He did. He was with Deshaun Jackson leading the wide receiver corps in playing time routes and air yards. He had more air yards. He he was atop the league in air yards last week among the leaders in that top shelf. So if Carson Wentz gets enough time to actually set and throw this week, we could quickly get a huge Jalen Rager game as soon as this week against the Rams. He feels more like more like a GPP play to me. I, I don't I don't think I'd go that traction in cash. No, definitely not in cash. Definitely, I'm definitely transitioning over to GPP.
1: Yeah, gotcha. I like uh, I like Hollywood Brown in GPPs. Um, Sixty two hundred dollars. I think that was a really encouraging week one for him. You know, looked healthy. Had five catches for one hundred one yards in a game where Baltimore, you know, had, had a big lead early and really took their foot off the gas. You uh, Brown saw twenty three percent of Baltimore's targets. One hundred thirteen air yards. That was a top twenty mark. On the week. So, you know, if Houston can keep this closer, that'd only help uh, Hollywood Brown's volume in this game.
2: Yeah, I had Hollywood
1: Brown written down as
2: well. I think he's about $1,000 too cheap. Uh, I think he should be a min, you know, $7,000 player, especially in that matchup and with Lamar Jackson just balling. Another receiver I had written down was Calvin Ridley. I think he's probably $900 too cheap. I, th- I think he should be an $8,000 receiver this week. And once again, we want touchdowns. He scored two more last week. And going back to last season, he he his last four games of 2019, he showed awesome chemistry with Matt Ryan. I think it was when Austin Hooper got banged up and they realized that Ridley could really break out in a big way, and he's just been going bonkers since then. So generally, you know, Julio's probably might be a little bit higher owned, and we all know Julio's allergic to the end zone. So I'm going to be playing
0: Ridley if, I, if I'm playing Matt Ryan at all. One more wideout I want to look at is T.Y. Hilton in the low 6K range. Got the matchup with Minnesota that paid off for everybody wearing a wide receiver number for Green Bay last week. So I think it's pretty easy to see upside for T.Y. Hilton. I also think Hilton has an attractive enough floor to be in play for cash this week. What do you guys think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how Hilton and Paris Campbell, you know, work out over the next few weeks now. Campbell was super impressive. Um, I went back and rewatched that game. He looked really good usage was really strong. He, he was right on par with TY as far as, you know, snaps and targets. Um, but, yeah, I like both those guys this week against that Vikings secondary. So, no, no issue with TY.
2: I like TY as well. And he definitely always has bigger games when they're on the fast track, whether it's in um, Indianapolis or Minnesota. Both are going to be in a Dome this week. So, he's always a player, along with Amari Cooper, that for whatever reason. They just always perform better when they're in a the Dome compared to grass.
0: We're over to tight end. My starting point is going to be Jonu Smith, who's a cheap 4900 bucks on FanDuel. And uh, seven targets last week. A.J. Brown is out. So there should be enough work there for him. And the volume matters less, which is, I guess, the closest thing to a concern for a Tennessee team that could lean heavily on the run. Uh, I think Jonu Smith is too cheap over on FanDuel. I, I t- I'll play him not only in cash, but also in GPP lineups here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, if, if you want to pay up for an elite tight end, that's fine. But if you're going cheap, it's it's tough to get away from John Smith at forty nine hundred bucks, especially with AJ Brown out of this game. Tyler, what you got for a cash tight end? I was leaning Zach Ertz
2: actually at six point three thousand. He's another one of those guys that has drastic home road splits, uh, along with Carson Wentz. I think the the Eagles are gonna I think they're gonna beat the Rams this week. I think they're gonna get back to the basics. They got Lane Johnson coming back. And I just think Zach Ertz is way too cheap. I know uh, Goddard had a big week last week, which is kind of concerning for Zach Ertz. But I think Ertz is Wentz's boy, and I think he's going to go to him early and often. I'm going to have to mess around with construction for sure, because John Smith is extremely cheap. And um, if we can project him for six or seven targets, it's hard to get away from him in cash.
0: Do you think Howie Roseman went by
1: Zach Ertz's locker after that game and gave him a Kirk Cousins? You like that? (laughs) <laughs> Ertz's usage was fine last week. You know, he got a bunch of targets. You know, I would he, he, he catch like two or three out of yeah
2: three. Eight
1: targets, um, which is rare. You know, he's usually efficient with Carson Wentz. Um, he you know, he was on the field plenty. He was running routes plenty. So I, I think um, even if Goddard is here to stay as a you know thing, I think Ertz will be fine. He'll bounce back. I think you know again, I'm probably going to pay down for John Ewen cash but I think Ertz is going to be a nice tournament play after you know busting in week one.
0: I have no issue with uh, with playing Earths. I personally am probably going to just sit back nervously and watch and see what happens with that tight end situation after the way it went in Week One. I, I agree. On the tournament side, I would like to pay up for pay up a bit for Hayden Hurst at fifty seven hundred bucks. Quiet last week. Mentioned it before. I think Seattle is going to emerge as a tough tight end matchup. The targets were obviously there for everybody. I mean, I know Hayden Hurst didn't cash in, but all three of their wideouts got fourteen. That's not going to happen every week. That's going to go elsewhere. It was a 12 targets for them. Whatever the case, they all went over 10. There's plenty available. I think Atlanta will continue to throw the ball plenty. Uh, you don't have to, you don't exactly have to go out on a limb to predict that. If there's a little bit more room left in a GPP, I think Evan Ingram is worth considering at $6,000 at Chicago. Again, just like Hayden Hurst, he faced Pittsburgh in week one. That is probably going to be at least one of the toughest matchups that Ingram gets all year. So I'm not worried about him going forward. Uh, I think he should be just fine and could be fine as soon as this week.
1: And Ingram was so bad on Monday night. Like he, it was a bad matchup, but he was just like bad. He dropped multiple passes, blew a bunch of blocks. But yeah, I you know I, I think he's going to bounce back. So I'm fine with Evan Ingram. But um, Hurst is my favorite tournament play. I'm with you there, Matt. Um, I think he was popular last week. Didn't get it done. But if you look at his usage, his snap rate, his you know, routes run on Matt Ryan dropbacks, all that was, you know what you'd expect for a guy who you know should be at least a low end tight end one this season and this is obviously a game we like this Cowboys Falcons game so I think Hurst has a high ceiling and he's going to be one of the lower owned players in that game similar price range I actually like Tyler Higby a little bit better than Hayden Hurst
2: Gerald Everett's back on the injury report with a back injury he's probably going to suit up this week they said he was going to practice Thursday there's no uh injury update from today's practice but I just think Higby was a full-time player and he, he was just another guy that was awesome down the stretch of 2019. And I think that's where you want to ta- attack the Eagles in the middle of the field with that weak safety and linebacker group. So I think Sean McVay is going to look at that, look at the game tape from the last few games when Higby was going off. I mean, he was basically Travis Kelsey and in the last five games down the stretch, he was going over hundred yards. Like it was his job. So to me, I'd prefer Higby over Hurst and then if I'm paying up it's going to be Mark Andrews just for the touchdown upside and I mean I just think the Ravens are going to go off
1: yeah Higby's another guy like Ertz who you know didn't have a big week one but he got the you know playing time and the routes that you were hoping for if you know you you took him in the sixth or seventh round of redraft so yeah I think there's there's still a chance he is that you know top five tight end this season and the Eagles were tough on tight ends in recent seasons, but they
0: let Malcolm Jenkins walk in the off season. And he was the key to that tight end defense. So there's certainly nothing scary about uh, facing that defense for tight ends at this point at flex, plenty of options at running back, plenty of affordable options, plenty of options at whatever level you're looking to pay.
1: Are we going three running backs in fan lineups? Yeah. I like these cheap running backs. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, we talked about uh, Ronald Jones, 5,900 bucks. I think mean, Kenny and Drake is still undervalued at 6,600 bucks.
2: Yeah, I'll probably look to go double tight end in a couple because tight ends are generally cheaper on both sides. And if they get one or two touchdowns, that could kind of differentiate your lineup and help you get to the top. If I'm not using double tight end, I'm pretty much
0: using three running backs with touchdown upside. On defense, the Cardinals at $3,600 versus Washington are going to be my starting point on FanDuel. I mean... Dwayne Haskins is still Dwayne Haskins. There is nothing scary about Washington's offense. The offensive line is a mess. Even an Eagles defensive line that was losing guys left and right on Sunday still gave Washington trouble. So I think that's a high upside matchup. I like the Bucks a little bit higher. And then if there's money left, I like the Steelers way up at
1: 4600 Yep, it's uh, Cardinals and Bucks for me. I, I prefer Tampa if I can, you know, if I have that $200. But if not, I'm definitely good with the, the Cardinals versus Washington.
2: So FanDuel with the 60000 salary, sailor, I think we're going to have plenty of money to get up to the Steelers this week. So I'm going to, I might prioritize them in my cash lineups. They're only 4.6 thousand. And I just, they're, they, to me, they have the best defensive line in football along with the 49ers. And I think they could make it miserable for Drew Locke and, you know, he's going to make mistakes and, and they blitz a lot. So, you know, they're always going to be being aggressive and, you know, trying to get fantasy points. So, if they could get fifteen twenty points, and I have them in cash, and they're only five percent owned, that gives me a huge leg up on other people.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree that the Steelers are the stealing play on defense this week. Yeah, uh, you know, to be honest, I haven't I haven't built a uh, Fanduel lineup. Yet. I've been, been busy with the the baby. I especially in cash, I never prioritize a defense like, and, and that basically leads me to almost never play the expensive ones because even if I get to the end and I have forty six hundred dollars left, I, I'm gonna you know try to upgrade. Somewhere else before you know playing the Steelers defense, but you know maybe maybe that's a hole in the game. Yeah, I mean I don't mind
2: it in certain weeks where I feel really good about a defense. Thinking back to a couple of years ago, is week one uh, the Jags are playing the Texans and the Jags were an extremely undervalued defense going into that year, and they had a great defensive line and they were going up. It was either I think it was Tom Savage starting for the Texans because Deshaun Watson was injured. So I prioritized Jacksonville and I played them like all over. And, and I think that that was the game that had 10 sacks
0: and they scored like 30 points. Yeah, I think that was the year that Tom Savage opened and then Deshaun Watson came in at halftime because it was going so poorly for him. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Jared, just make sure that you don't play the Steelers defense in the Shark Duel this week. And you'll be all right.
1: I, I'm telling you, I probably won't. So you guys, you guys, can, you guys can have them. <laughs> Sweet. Well,
0: that's going to do it for this week two fan duel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Kevin, to get tournament picks from Tyler. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and the imported player salaries. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who are playing against each other in round two of the Shark Duel in the free post for this podcast. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse. It's Syracuse with an I. And I am at Shauf DS. It's S C H A U F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm at Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.